Hello and welcome to another episode of Entmoot, the Battle Games in Middle-Earth podcast all about the Middle-Earth strategy battle game from Games Workshop. I'm Harry and this is episode 22 of this illustrious podcast, which until now has been the only podcast which goes out of a studio or out of a recording room uh, to discuss the game with real-life human beings and everything. Sadly, that's no longer the case. Uh, If you heard the end of episode 21, uh, you'll know that obviously tournaments aren't going on right now, uh, so you'll understand the context uh, of this situation. Uh, If you listen to this a few years down the line, then this will mean nothing to you. Um, I don't know how many people are doing that, realistically. Uh, Hello, the future. Um, But uh, this is, of course, coronavirus lockdown, so sadly, uh, no tournaments happening at the moment. But... That doesn't mean we can't talk about the Middle-Earth strategy battle game that we know and love so much. So I'm bringing you a special episode of Lockdown Entmoot. Uh, So I've got some cool ideas. Well, I I like to think they're cool ideas anyway. uh, I've got some things that I'm going to be doing throughout the episode uh, to make up for the fact that I can't travel to a tournament. So... Later on, we'll be uh, delving into the archives and uh, and having a, a sort of uh, remembering some games and having a fun way of joining together some uh, some classic Entmoot games and matchups um, and hopefully uh, having a bit of a play along at home and seeing whether I would rank very well uh, in the tournament that we're piecing together with these historic games. So that should be a bit of fun. Um, uh, hopefully, uh, if you, hopefully you're not someone who uh, regularly listens to all of the podcasts back. But either way, there's some brand new content and you might be able to hear some uh, some historic games, which is always nice to hear, I hope. Uh, so that's coming up. Also, we're going to be building an army, of course, as usual. And this time, rather than obviously taking it to the tournament, I'll be bringing you an army and hoping for your analysis. So this is going to be a little bit of a, uh, a, a kind of experiment I suppose and um, I want you to head over to the Facebook page Entmoot Podcast um, and basically take part in a poll uh, a, a analysis of my list tell me what's wrong with it uh, what you do to make it better and where you think I would come in a 30 uh, placed tournament uh, so I'm, I'm just intrigued at how, how you think I'd fare and um, bearing in mind the uh, the wielder of this list will of course be me so uh, it's not going to be amazing but either way uh, a bit of fun there so at least there's a, there's a few interactive elements in this podcast and the other interactive element of course is going to be the riddle in the dark which is going to be coming up later in the podcast lots of people getting in touch this time maybe it's because you're all listening to the uh, podcast on lockdown at the moment so you're not driving and uh, and cycling and all the other things you usually do while listening to the podcast you're actually able to uh, get in touch uh, with the riddle in the dark answer or maybe you've just uh, had a little bit more time to, to think about it i don't know Either way, glad for the distraction. Uh, so we've got some uh, riddles in the dark later, as well as uh, as well as some games and all the other r- exciting gubbins that comes in the usual podcast. Um, first of all, I'm going to just say while uh, while I'm I'm here introducing everything, um, the uh, the uh, well done to all of the people who are doing so much great stuff at the moment um, on lockdown. Uh, there's there's some amazing content going out there. There's just soon. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm still working in my day job, so sadly uh, I'm not able to keep up with as much of it as I'd quite like um, but either way a big shout out to everyone who's working so hard uh, to buy content hobby content at the moment 
Um, uh, also, uh, uh, just a just a big shout out to everyone. You know, it's it's not tough times. Every, not everyone's uh, uh, adapting to the the lockdown rules in the same way. Um, you know, uh, some people have ha- known people who have been ill. I mean, my brother's been ill as well, and and his his pregnant girlfriend. So, um, you know, there's we've all had our, our our worries, and thankfully they're okay. And I'm hoping that everyone you know and uh, uh, and care about are also uh, you know uh, keeping on carrying on and uh, staying healthy and staying safe and washing hands and all the other stuff. Uh, away from that, um, I want to plan for the future. So I've been waiting for the uh, the right moment to announce the uh, the opening of my uh, tournament for 2020. Um, I, I'm lucky in the sense that I've had a slot in the calendar that's been uh, chiselled out um, since uh, since late last year for October, uh, the second weekend of October 2020. So that's going to be very exciting. Um, I'll be talking about that in a great uh, bit more detail at the end of the podcast. So actually, it's going to be quite a quite a packed, uh, full podcast uh, today. So we've got lots and lots of stuff to talk about. But um, if you're interested already, um, by the time you listen to this, the event should be up on the Facebook page. There'll be a week before uh, tickets are allow, uh, allowed to go on sale so um have a check it out uh, but it's october the 10th and 11th uh, 2020 so if you if you know you're going to be free that weekend um, smash it in the calendar um head over onto the facebook page uh, for that uh, anyway more more information on that later but first i think it's right about time now that we usually build an army so let's crack on Okay, so as mentioned, uh, uh, we're building an army uh, this time for Mordor <laughs> because um, I've been doing a lot of Mordor at the moment. I'm just, I'm just really on the on the Mordor bandwagon, and this army is is something I've been excited about for a long time. Um, the Mate Order came out, or they no, they were they were re-released. The uh, Mordor Urukai uh, were re-released um, as a new packet, um, sadly before the the lockdown, uh, all that. Uh, but um, there's 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 there were so many in circulation, so I I just I love these models. Um, I don't, don't know why, um, but I just love the scene in Kirithungal uh, with the orcs and um, Gorbag and Shagrat and the Mordor Kyle all, all duking it out. So, um, and in fact, very soon on the, um, I say very soon. It depends how long it takes to edit, but um, there's going to be something pretty cool um, that I've been working on for a really long time. Um, that's going to go up on uh, Battle Games Middle Earth on YouTube that I've been working on that's connected with this. So uh, have a have a look out for for that on um, the Battle Games for Middle Earth uh, in, in Middle Earth YouTube channel. Which, by the way, I've also uh, convinced my girlfriend to play a game of uh, a game of SBG while on lockdown. So uh, check that out as well if you're interested uh, for an hour of of someone uh, who doesn't really know how to play the game playing against. Um, my girlfriend. <laughs> anyway, so uh, we're building an army. Let's get let's get focused. So the idea is, I am going to read you my army list, and I want you to get in touch um, as soon as you can um, on the Facebook page. There should again, as well as my event, also be a. Um, uh, also be my uh, a poll just some some sort of poll uh, saying what do you think is harry's list good or bad that's it and um i, I want to vote see what you think to this so um and then of course comment underneath with all of your thoughts uh, about about the list itself um and you know what you'd improve what you change um to make it more competitive or more thematic or any of these different things so um this was originally planned to be for a tournament um in walsall near uh, birmingham in the uk and um, uh, it, it was the battle for by Walsall. Uh, bye bye Walter, by Walsall, you see. Uh, so it was 600 points. 
Um, and I was really excited to take this army, uh, but sadly, of course, that's not happening now. But uh, that doesn't mean we can't enjoy uh, talking about it. So uh, basically, it's going to start with, of course, Shagrat, uh, the mighty, with uh, shield and armour, um, the usual gubbins, that sp- shield being the special one that, that gives you knockdown, um, as well as the other things. So really, really powerful uh, character. Um, Hero Fortitude, amazingly. Um, but either way, uh, really, really awesome, really awesome uh, character to lead the army. He comes in at 115 points, so he's not a, not a, a super cheap hero, but he's he's. I just think he's cracking good value. I mean, he's got he's got all the numbers in the right places. I mean, fight five isn't ideal, but he's strength five. He's defense six with that shield. He's got three attacks, three wounds, three might, three will, and three fate. Um, I, I mean, how how can you say no to that? 100, 115 points with that shield of Kirithungal, as I said, and the heavy armor. Actually, no, that puts him up to defense seven, doesn't it? So, so he's actually defense seven. Um, 115 points, and get this, he has blood and glory. So, uh, if he kills a hero, he gets a point of might back. I mean, I, I I just don't know how how this guy isn't on the table a lot more. I mean, I guess fight five's not ideal. But he's got strike, strength, and challenge. And um, I mean, I can't see ch- using challenge an awful lot, I suppose. But either way, uh, it's 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 a really cool, um, cheap hero for for what what you get. Absolutely, um, and you know he's going to be an absolute beat stick, especially against your your troops. And he can certainly take some damage. So he's leading ten Mordor Uruk High with shield. So um, that's uh, nine points apiece now. I, I know Mordor or Akai aren't considered to be the most competitive of folk. Um, they fight four, um, that's obviously pretty good. Their strength four, that's pretty good. Defence five, of course, is their weakness. Their courage three, so, you know, standard um, uh, sort of courage, average courage. But uh, defence five being their weakness, that's not ideal, of course. So that's where we're going to uh, fall into some weaknesses, I suppose, in this army. But 90 points, that's pretty solid. Uh, then we've got Gorbag, of course. And, you know, it wouldn't be a proper Kirithungal army without uh, Gorbag. Um, he's also got a shield as well. Um, he's not bad. Um, 60 points with a shield. Um, he's actually, actually, someone, I, 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 again, he's, he's not bad work, you know. I mean, he's only fight four, which isn't ideal, of course. Um, he's strength four, defense five, attacks two, two wounds, uh, three might, one will, one fate. So he's kind of that standard ca- uh, captain profile. Um, he has heroic strike and heroic strength. Um, he's that sort of buffed captain profile, isn't he? The one with uh, a slightly more uh, more might than the others. But he has this cool rule: um, if he's outnumbered during a fight, then he gains a bonus of plus one to both his fight and attack values. Now that is great. I mean, you want him um, jumping into fights with with troops, really, don't you? I mean, he's gonna. So all you need to do is charge two. Um, I don't know, uh, two orcs, uh, two men of Minotaurus, whatever. Um, and suddenly he's going to three attacks at fight five. You know, he's going to be the guy that you want to be taking on uh, Minotaurus backed up by Citadel Guard, you know, that sort of stuff. He's going to do some do some work, hopefully, um, or, or any other sort of slightly more elite troops. So uh, you don't need to strike against them, which is absolutely fab. So 55 points, um, uh, plus five points for the shield, putting up to defence six. So he's not, not terrible defence. Obviously, again, weakness in terms of wounds and fate, but um he's got a strike so he can maybe help help out um if, if needed so uh, yeah I, I really rate him as well and of course um he's uh, thematically uh, aligned with with 10 mordor orcs uh, with spears so again we're looking at uh, low defense um with uh, one orc um with banner and spear so uh, look I, I i understand this is uh 
this is going to be a low defense army but um, as you can see i'm already um getting to uh 20 what's that 23 24 models uh 23 i think is um so that I, so you know just because i'm i'm like that i want to uh dumb down a, a weakness in some way <laughs> so i'm going to throw in shelob um shelob of course again this is a themey army this is thematic um shelob 90 points i mean pfft, you know everyone knows what shelob is uh shelob is a is a difficult profile i think to use um i have tried it before and i i found it very difficult to to deal with um you have to be very careful in how you use shelob but for 90 points the potential potential is very very high i mean you know there's that there's one attack which is not great but you've got the monstrous charge so you know, you, you, you're doing a good job against big, big heroes. You want to be charging this into a, a big hero or something else. Um, but uh, you know, the, the downsides, of course, are the the uh, the fact that that she's only got um six uh, will uh, sorry uh, only sorry uh, no fate so you know you could potentially losing her quite easily but but also just mainly it's, it's pinning her down and just slowly having a whittle down so strength seven defense seven uh six wounds that's not bad courage four that's not bad uh the survival instinct though that's that's the thing that i was thinking is is the weakness really this is a, a special rule where if she takes a wound you have to take a, a courage check and courage four with six will um you're going to pass maybe one or two but ideally you don't want to be passing um uh, taking loads of those crochets so getting trapped is not ideal um so uh, yeah that, that that's pretty cool but obviously it's again the theme then uh so that that leaves me somewhere around the i haven't got it written down in the tally so obviously i've tallied up at the end but we're getting towards having about uh i think it's 150 or so points before i needed 600 points and you know actually at a 450 uh, point event i think this is quite solid um but i i, I think it's it, it does need something else um and this is where i'm afraid i'm going to sacrifice a little bit of theme um i, I you could go with an orc captain or a mordor or a captain and i did toy with a mordor or a captain um to to but bolster this out a bit more um i decided actually to go with a, a vanilla ring wraith so this is just one of those uh standard ones for the bat rank um who's got uh two points of might and only eight will so this is just a 70 point ring wraith uh no no horse nothing else uh, just the standard ring wraith for the uh, hero fortitude uh, uh, standard one now uh, this is the, the the might points here um you, obviously you could go for a might and a fate uh one might and one fate or two might and and uh, i think one less will would give you a fate point um but i i've gone with this this is serving a few functions so uh the main function is is the heroic march um gorebag i don't know whether he has it or not but either way i don't want to be spending points of uh, gorebag's might um on uh, marching just have a quick look no he only has strength and strike anyway so uh, he can't so you want some march in that army for the um, uh, you know objectives we don't have any cavalry uh, here so um the ring wraith would be really useful for for march if needed also just for the odd heroic move if needed also for that really high courage uh, so ring wraiths obviously if they're sticking around which you want one hopes that they'll stick around till the end of the game uh i'm hoping that we'll be able to uh, slot in uh, the courage six from that and the harbinger of course reducing opponent's courage when you're broken so that's useful but also eight will there that is what what i'm hoping that is for really is to uh, to do two or three transfixes um on an enemy hero uh to to keep them out of the game stop them chopping stuff up or stop them from striking against someone like Gorbag. you know if, if you've got two big enemy heroes that you're fighting against or two mid-range enemy heroes probably at 600 points um 
it'd be really useful to just chuck a couple of transfixes that their way um you know even if it's someone like i don't know uh, you're fighting against a fight five hero with strike um then at least i can you can throw that that transfix in um get gorbad to strike up and, and you've got a chance so that's that's what i'm hoping um that that it's going to be used for um but mainly really it's a for- hero fortitude that can lead another 12 warriors but it just provides a little bit of an extra extra something something to the army so uh, then we've got six mordor urukai with shields attached to it so so we've actually um unusually for me uh, i was thinking i could add some more uh, uruk uh, sorry orcs with um spears but i think i don't know why i didn't do that the points didn't quite match up or something um but either way uh, we're gonna have 16 mordor urukai and 10 uruk, uruk, orcs with spears so um maybe they, those are going to be wrapping around the edges and trapping and doing things like that i don't know um but either way i've got enough Mordor guy to do it now after the new um, new box is released uh, and then we're going to end with six trackers so I, I realize this is copying the um, the theme a bit on the head it's not great in terms of you know but I can see there potentially being um, a ring wraith hovering around in um, Kirithungal maybe it's doing an inspection or something like that who knows um, but something at the very least just to just to make, maybe uh, uh, check things, check things over. I don't know, but there's a few Mordor Oaks uh, guarding them, and the trackers I can imagine being useful for when the Ringwraith actually has to sort of climb up and down the ladder or whatever. And um, so vague theme, but also six trackers for um, bows. I, I, having played Mordor a bit recently with the um, with the other army, I'm running with Kardush and Witch King on the Felbeast and all that sort of stuff at higher points. Um, I really like the use of trackers. I mean, they're so cheap. Um, at five points a pop, four plus to hit on a orc bow, six trackers at six hundred points feels like, you know, it could be incredibly useful to taking out that banner or or a hero's horse or whatever, um, and that's exactly what they'll be doing. And then of course jumping into uh, combats after that. So so that's the army. Um, so we're looking at six bows. Um, we're looking at um, uh, uh, thirty seven models. Uh, we've got uh, nine, uh, no, sorry, eight might, two of which on the ring wraith, and of course big hitters like Shagrat and Shelob. So, I mean, what do you think? What do you think to this? I think uh, thirty-seven models at six hundred points is good. Um, I, I, I know the old, um, old-fashioned uh, way of uh, competitive gamers sometimes say uh, one, po- uh, one model per twenty points of army. So. Thinking, yeah, that's, that's more models than you expect. But then it's a very low defense army, so this is going to really struggle when you're coming up against, um, I don't know, you, you uh, bow heavy armies, I suppose, because you know they, they're cutting through those defense, uh, def- the low defenses, a lot easier than most armies would. Um, ideally, you want to be getting into combat, I guess. Um, um, fight four is good. Um, fight one on the front rank not as good, but it's still fine. I've got a ban and got Shelob, got Shagrat, got a Ringwraith. So I, I mean, I like it. I think it's quite cool and it fits in with the theme um, pretty much. So so I'm quite happy with it. But what do you think to the army? And um, head over to the Facebook page. Um, let me know. Uh, comment on the post that I'm going to put up. Um, it should be up before the episode goes up. Um, let me know what you think. Um, vote yes or no. What do you think uh, to the army? Head over entmootpodcast at gmail.com. As, uh, excuse me, entmootpodcast at gmail.com if you don't um, have a Facebook page or you fancy just send me an email as well uh, with some uh, detailed comments. So with that in mind, it feels about time to, uh, uh, to delve into the world of riddles in the dark. Riddles in the dark. 
Okay, so Riddle in the Dark, this is the game we play uh, on a regular basis, um, where I play a clip from the uh, the films, The Hobbit or the Lord of the Rings films, and you just have to tell me who speaks next and what they say. Uh, this has been a good one. I really liked this clip. Um, I was trying to find this, uh, trying to fit this one in for a while. So uh, this was the clip from episode twenty-one. Okay, so that was the clip. Uh, you, you've been getting in touch uh, trying to tell me uh, what you, you think uh, is said next and who says it. So uh, let's delve into the emails from this week. Right, starting with uh, Stuart Mack. Stu Mack, uh, well known from the Out of the Flying Pan and Into the Fire podcast. Um, uh, do check that one out. It's uh, I wouldn't say we're rivals, we're good friends uh, as, as podcasters in the uh, Middle Earth community. Uh, the Green Dragon, uh, Green Dragon and the uh, Out of the Frying pan are all um, all good good podcasts i really enjoy listening to them myself um obviously i can't listen to my own podcast so i have to listen to some other podcasts and those are absolutely fantastic so i don't even know if there are any others but um either way we're we're, we're certainly well served with those three uh, I hope uh, be playing my part so uh, Stu's been in touch thanks very much Stu uh, say hope you're well keep him safe and not going crazy on lockdown uh, he says I thought I'd better actually send in an answer to one of these at some point <laughs> yeah yeah fair enough uh, and uh, he has got the answer correct oh yes well done well done uh, Stu uh, saying stay safe uh, so obviously I'll, I'll reveal the answer in a second once I've gotten through all the emails oh just accidentally clicked off that right one now this one's from Top Table Wargaming again uh, another Middle Earth uh, stalwart in the community at the moment Steve Crow uh, absolutely fantastic work that Steve is doing not just on the channel um, uh, that Steve has the Top Table Gaming channel um, uh, which I think I, as we record this uh, did a live stream last night um, doing live streams regularly um, but also um, Steve's been an absolute star putting out loads of different like community challenges and, and things like that to bring people together um, so uh, excellent work uh, Steve, thank you very much, hope you're uh, hope you're doing well as well uh, you say, hey Harry, uh, hope you're well brother, uh, you say Shire Baggins, which I think you're maybe um, you may be responding to the previous um, the previous one, uh, previous riddle. Uh, maybe you are, maybe you're not. Either way, I'm um, sadly I think you were wrong because uh, last one, um, the last last week's one was revealed uh, to be the answer to uh, the the riddle, which was uh, it was Gollum and he was being dragged by Frodo and Sam during the Two Towers, so he says something along the lines of, it hurts us. So, Steve, sadly, you say, hope I'm right, but you're not. I'm sorry, Steve. Either way, really appreciate you getting in touch and listening to the podcast. Uh, Much appreciated. Uh, Keeping up, man, he says. Thanks very much, Steve, and to you. Uh, Who else has been in touch? We've got Andy Garner here uh, saying, I think I've got this one. Is it... dot, 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 uh, yes, yes, you're absolutely correct, absolutely correct. Um, so fingers crossed for me, you say, Andy, and thanks for all the great stuff you put out. Hope you can continue doing the great work in these strange times. Thank you. Uh, yeah, of course I can, um, Andy. Thanks very much. Um, I appreciate it that some people are working uh, huge hours at the moment. Um, uh, I'm thinking especially, I know some people um, from the top of my head, and this is purely from the top of my head, um, that there are at least three or four people I know who are uh, working in the NHS at the moment. 
who are doing the important work uh, that we uh, that we need. Obviously, at the, this point, is is pretty essential. <laughs> not to put it bluntly, uh, uh, dealing with the coronavirus. So, uh, you know, shout out to all of you um, if your key workers working doing um, essential things like putting the bins out and um, being cleaning uh, cleaning the uh, places and uh, just being working in the hospitals and police and all the other stuff. So, a uh, big shout out to you and thanks, Andy. Uh, hope you continue doing the great work. I'm doing lots of different bits uh, to do with the the hobby at the moment. Different stuff um, from perhaps than I usual usually do, but hopefully, uh, hopefully this is uh, some sort of continuity. Um, so uh, there you go, riddles in the dark. Uh, I think Andy, did I say you got it right? I think you did get it right. Yes, well done, Andy. So uh, who's next? We've got Jake uh, Dluhi. Uh, sorry if I'm pronouncing that badly. It's D A D A D L U H Y, which is a cool name. Um, Jake, thanks very much for getting in touch. Love the show. Don't normally know the riddles off the top of my head, but I got this one right away. It is dot dot dot, and of course you're correct. Glad I was able to reach out. I hope you're doing well. Thanks very much, Jake. I'm glad you're uh, you've reached out as well. It's good to hear from people who don't usually get in touch with the show. So uh, thanks very much for that. Uh, who else we've got? We've got Justin Clark. Justin says good evening uh it's it was actually uh 3 a.m. when you sent it uh, so i'm guessing you're from somewhere else looking at your email it says dot ca maybe you're from canada hello justin uh justin says um you've got the riddle right that's a good start you've got the uh, you've got the riddle right so beyond that uh, you say and this is this is a lengthy video uh, lengthy thing and i haven't read all this so hopefully you're not swearing but it says beyond that i would like to thank you for all the excellent and positive content you have put out i quite enjoy the show just quite I, I like that Justin I just I like that um, thanks uh, thanks for the, the compliment I quite enjoy the show says Justin uh, it says I don't get to play any games very often but I do enjoy painting and collecting your voice and interviews have been great inspiration as I dive back into Middle Earth especially as my children are at an age where I can finally read The Hobbit to them oh that's so good I'd love to uh, I'd love to hear how they uh, whether they enjoyed it or not because I'm it's one of those ones that you think mm, is it too uh, what age is the right age for that i don't know but anyway um you said are you reading them so uh, as promised when you posted this episode i worked on bases and display board for my army of the dead um oh I, I, maybe this was uh you you oh you must have been commenting on the uh the previous uh uh State, uh, status that I put out on Facebook just, uh, linking to the new episode so uh, that's great I'm, I've, you've attached some images I'll look at them in a second um, finally I'd love to I'd love if you continue to produce shows during this tough time I enjoy the Green Dragon podcast but your show has a, m- a much more upbeat tempo to it oh my gosh uh, sorry maybe I shouldn't have read this out loud um, I know what you're saying though because uh, the Green Dragon and uh, they delve into the data and the, the details don't they um, I absolutely love uh, the Green Dragon and I, I love Jeremy's um, sort of uh, offhand comments and uh, uh, jokes and things so I, I love the the wit there but I suppose um, I'm I'm bouncy because I'm interviewing people and, and trying to engage them with stuff so I can see I can see what, where you're coming from there um, I think the world can use all the positive voices it can during this challenging time says Justin even if you change up the format to discussing hobby or general Lord of Rings goodness I'm certainly not the only one who would be happy to hear your voice cheers from Canada Justin Justin that was a fantastic email thank you very much for sending that and you did say uh, you've got the attachment let me just have a quick look at these. Um, I might put these out on the uh, Facebook page. Ooh, that's that looks like a display board uh, for the Army of the Dead. And then bases, ooh, they're beautiful. I love the idea, uh, looking at these pictures, the bases are done in a kind of sandy beach tone. Um, and then one one uh, so two of them are uh, two rows of them are sandy and beachy uh, then one row of them is half watery 
and the final row is uh, is all water and sea Look, looking lovely those it's a great idea and I see your display board in the next pictures you've got Aragorn building up there as well and you've done loads of work on some Isengard as well so Justin thank you very much for getting in touch uh, really really enjoyed the um, the email and the pictures attached to it uh, like I say I, hopefully you don't mind I'll share those out on the Facebook page as well uh, so thanks very much and of course you got the riddle in the dark right well done to you uh, Will Pinter has been in touch uh, Will Pintar from the Drawn Combat blog. Um, if you haven't read their, their blog, it's absolutely uh, fantastic. It's always great fun. Um, so do have a good good look in that. Uh, it says, great episode as always, bro. Thank you very much. Got the riddles in the dark. Definitely. 100% confident, Harry. It's the Return of the King. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah, I'll say that. And you've absolutely got it nailed. You've got them. Uh, you got it right. Um, and he's. Uh, this was sent just before the scouring. Uh, oh, no, no. This is saying, hopefully see you at the scouring scouring of cheshire keep up the good work will thank you very much will um yeah scouring of cheshire is uh, one that's uh, coming in october absolutely i'm hoping that i'll be there and um, i'm assuming by then uh, travel restrictions will have been lifted we're allowed to meet people uh, i assume i mean october it's a long time off i'm, I'm guessing it's going to be uh, shorter than that i'm i assume i'm they said 12 weeks at the start which puts us into sort of june doesn't it so uh, hopefully hopefully things won't be uh, cancelled all the way into beyond june but we'll see uh, either way we're looking forward to reuniting and uh, and seeing uh, seeing uh, seeing you again and also um, just keep the drawn combat blog up it's 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 great i love i love reading them every time they come out uh, russell has been in touch as well uh, you say oh yes you, you get it absolutely correct uh, you bang on the money russell priest thank you very much you've got the riddle correct uh, now we've got two more uh, riddles see there's loads of uh, com- uh, contactors this time fantastic We've got Joseph Riccio, or Riccio, uh, R-I-C-C-I-O. Uh, Joseph, uh, thanks very much for getting in touch. Joseph says, long-time listener, first-time writer, and I think I finally solved one of the riddles in the dark. <laughs> yeah, they are tough, aren't they? I mean, maybe I should make them easier, but I like the fact that they're challenging. It's good. It gives it means that you'll feel more more jolly when you do get it. So um, uh, you, you've got it absolutely bang on the money. Well done. Uh, really hope I get this right, he says, as I feel like, rather like I've got a got a rival like i've caught a fish here hmm, bit of a clue uh, big fan of the podcast and the youtube channel your painting tutorials especially the theoden video really helped me get into the hobby oh joseph thank you very much uh, thank you for what you're doing uh, uh, for doing what you do so joseph i you know what i'm i really really appreciate that uh, the uh, the painting tutorials are something i only do um occasionally and um, the theoden video uh, was one that i just couldn't wait to get out there because i loved uh, that new box set so i wanted to do loads of stuff uh, from the box um so yeah thanks very much battle games in middle earth tutorial uh, uh, battle games in middle earth on youtube if you're interested in checking those out but uh, joseph well done you've got the riddle absolutely bang on the money finally uh, we've got Dan Brock's home. Dan, I think you're a regular. You say uh, get in touch every time, and almost every time you're correct. And I guess it's it's about time to reveal the answer because you're the last emailer. Uh, hello, Harry. Hope you're doing well in these troubled times. I am. Thank you, Dan. I hope you are too. Uh, the answer to your riddle is Deagle. And he says, Smeagle, I've got one. Thanks for the show, bud, says Dan. You're absolutely correct. So were almost everyone who got in touch. I think it's only Steve Crow didn't get didn't get it right. But then he said something. Uh, I think pro- from, probably from the previous podcast. So we'll let him off. So actually, everyone wins. Everyone wins. We all like to hear that. So uh, here's the clip in full. Oh, 
Fagel! I've got one! Yes, it is, of course, the opening to The Return of the King, Deagle and Smeagol, on the boat, uh, as, as as mentioned. So, that is the episode from th- uh, the, the game from this week. Uh, let's have another riddle in the dark. So, you just need to tell me who speaks next and what they say. Yep, that's right. That's all you get this time. So, uh, let's give you one more listen. Let them come. There is one dwarf yet in Moria who still draws breath. Go on, just because I'm being generous, have another one. Here's the final uh, Riddle in the Dark uh, play out for this episode. Let them come. There is one dwarf yet in Moria who still draws breath. Okay, so round about now in the programme, uh, in the uh, podcast, we'd usually be going on an adventure. This is sort of an adventure. It's an adventure through time and space. Because what I'm going to be doing, as I mentioned at the start of the podcast... I'm going to be uh, uh, delving into the archives a little bit. Um, I was trying to think of ways that I can still do um, some kind of gaming content, some kind of battle reports. I did toy with the idea of, of tabletop simulator. I, I, I just don't think it's the same. I don't like. Uh, I, I don't really like the idea of it. And also, ultimately, the thing I always, always wanted to do on this podcast is have crystal clear audio for as much of it as I can. The levels might vary slightly depending on where I am and what I'm doing and stuff, but I want it to be crystal clear, and that's what this podcast is all about. So I didn't want to delve into interviews over the phone too much. I'm gonna. I'm happy to do those interviews. They're they're great. I love I love talking to people in Australia from the Green Dragon or uh, doing the recent thing with the Out of the Frying Pan uh, guys. Um, but it's just not me. It's just not my style. So um, I'm going to delve into the archives and resurrect some old games. And hopefully this will piece them all together for you because this is a tournament. This is going to be a six-game tournament. I'm going to play six games against six random opponents uh, using a random number generator in a second. And I want you to see, do you think I'll win these to- this tournament. Do you think uh, I've got a chance of getting on the podium? I don't know. Let's find out uh, by uh, randomly assigning some le- uh, some games and delving into the history of Entmoot. So, first of all, let's uh, try out the random number generator. Beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop. So I've inputted one as the minimum and the maximum as 20. I figure you don't want to listen to something from the previous episode. So, uh, and it's come up with number three so that is going to be the episode this is going to be from and from memory i have a feeling this is the one where i lost my voice which is always a good sign um but hey if you haven't listened that far back then it's it's going to be a bit of fun for you to uh, check out this um and then i'm going to between one and six uh, i'm going to generate a random number for a random game to see how well we did i'll uh, generate it now beep boop beep boop final game so uh game number six oh this might be tricky uh let's hope i actually have six games in this one so let's delve into the history of Entmoot. um i'll quickly have a look at the army list and then find out uh and then we'll go for the first game of the of the podcast which is going to be uh the sixth game from the third episode so I was incorrect. Uh, I thought that episode three was the desolation of Stockport, which is when I lost my voice. But no, it isn't. It's uh, Entmoot 3. It's Shadow in the East Midlands. Now, this was quite a cool episode. Uh, I went in with Sauron for 400 points, Shelob, a, a catapult, and a, a smattering of orcs, and I think maybe uh, some wargs and things like that. So um, this is the this is the sixth game, sixth and final game of that tournament, um, and uh, let's find out who I'm playing against. First of all, tell me um, what your army list is, 
Um, it's quite light on numbers, let's put it that way. I'd really go for the quality over quantity, to be honest. So we have, about the day one one, was Balrog and a Black Shield Shaman. Today, hers added Sauron. So you kind of went the opposite to what I did. T- day one, I had Sauron, of course, on his own. Uh, you went with the Balrog and the Black Shield Shaman. First of all, I'm intrigued at how the Balrog and the Shaman performed, performed on day one. So, opened well. Managed to defeat Durin's folk with Durin, so... Repeating history a bit there. Um, Reconnoiter was, I'd call it more of a game of dodgeball, but with more spiders and a whip. And that was lost, but it was good fun. And the Barog did what he needed to, just got some points back. Other games, it was, what was it? Draw against Rohan at Capture and Control, which I was fairly happy with. Barog did what he needed to there. And what was the other one? That was a loss to Azog and a load of Gundabads, where he did prove he was master. And when you saw that you were facing another Sauron, but with Shelob and a catapult and a few orcs, what did you think, uh, in the, especially in our matchup, Domination? So I have the potential to capture some of those objectives. What did you think? To be honest, the Sauron I felt a bit comfortable with. I also had a Sauron and a Balrog, so I thought that could trump that. It was the catapult that was the real scary bit. Mm. Basically, any of my models are two shots away from death was how I was kind of looking at it. And Shelob, a bit of a wild card as well. To be honest, I didn't realise she had that paralysed bit, which was a one in three chance of ruining the Balrog, potentially, for the rest of the game, could have been. Yeah, a very early combat we had. Um, it was Sauron, uh, my Sauron, and uh, my Shelob against your Balrog on, on its own. Uh, with I think I had an Orc or a Numenorian yeah. or something like that. Um, and I rolled for the Paralyse, and you need, I needed five to wound. Had, had that happened, Balrog would have been on his bum for a while, potentially. It would have had no might on the Balrog either, so that would have been a very, very tricky situation for you to be in. That would have been bad, yes. And I was just kind of, I'm lucky it didn't come off, is all I can say. Um, uh, yeah. But something else did happen, that which uh, you, you, I think you're saying that the, the Black Shield hasn't done a great deal for most of the... Um, games you've played but this time you had a, had quite a good role uh, for your um, shatter which I really wanted to resist because I didn't want to lose my mace on Sauron. I mean on the plus side you did resist it but um, so yeah so one dice shatter with the shaman on Sauron rolled a six thought ah, that's fine but you'll resist that easily enough and and I threw I think three dice into it including my resistance to magic yeah. and I, I had to spend two will uh, two might to get it back so I spent uh, I, maybe I should have thrown more will in but I didn't want to risk losing magic for later it's a it was a, a dicey one but it was a it was a great roll and I think with had I not had to spend those two might it might have might been a bit closer but in the end it was a resounding uh, victory to the Balrog and Sauron you've got two of the objectives and I think you got uh, six points in total seven um, like that, yeah. seven yeah so six seven maybe um, because uh, m- most of my orcs scarpered I had all the objectives but because Sauron was eventually taken down by another Sauron and uh, the Balrog turns out orcs don't like to take courage checks and there's a lot of uh, ancient evil around basically basically yeah and even though there was still a Sauron on the board just not the one they had backed it turns out Black Numenorian stayed around until the end though yes yeah. he was, was the last one to go down to a chill soul in the last turn yeah well Sauron needs to put him in his place really I think you know you, well you absolutely did and thank you very much for the game I really yeah. appreciate it really good game. cheers mate thank you crikey uh, Steve Keane there with a Balrog and Sauron in one game and I thought I was bad enough taking uh, a Balrog sorry uh, Sauron and Shelob uh, but there you go uh, good fun Shadow in the East Midlands that was 
episode three uh, of the podcast. If you have never listened to it, if you've never delved back into the archives, feel free. Uh, head back through the archives on uh, SoundCloud or iTunes or something and find uh, find uh, find one for yourself. Right, now uh, we've got five more games to slot in, so let's crack on. So uh, let's do the random number generator again to find out which episode we're going to go in. Beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop. It's going to be... Episode 14. Okay, this is cool. So, episode 14 is The Scaring of the Shire. This was uh, sometime in October uh, last year. So, uh, five months ago, this was down in Epping. So, let's find out uh, what... uh, This was a good and evil tournament where you took two armies, from what I remember. So, uh, this could be uh, one of two armies. Let's find out which uh, uh, game it's going to be. Beep, boop, beep, boop, and it's episode, uh, sorry, game four of the tournament. So this is what happened in episode four. Let's just find out what the army list is first. So the army was the good army that I took, which was uh, uh, basically the defenders of Helm's Deep before uh, they got good. So uh, just saying, uh, I I did them before they were cool. Uh, This was Haldir, um, Theoden, and Gambling, I want to say... Um, yeah, I think that's about right. Maybe someone, maybe another hero. Uh, with a load of Galadrim, uh, three Galadrim court. Um, I think Theoden had a horse uh, gambling on a, a thing. And loads of, uh, a, a basically, warriors of Rohan with throwing spears and a royal guard. I, I won't give you the full detail because you just don't need it. Um, you can head back to episode 14 of the, uh, of the podcast to find out more detail if you're intrigued. But either way, uh, I was playing up against an evil army. Uh, game four of the tournament. Uh, let's find out um, a bit more about this uh, this scenario, uh, which is a bit of an unusual one, and uh, the the game I played against Sean Sean Lang. So game four, and um, we're playing an unusual scenario, which we'll hear about later on in the podcast, uh, or maybe earlier on in the podcast, depending how I edit this. <laughs> uh, and it is a, a sort of variation of Caesar Prize, which has undead guardians, uh, which spring out of the ground, spring out of holes in the ground, and uh, they attack things randomly. Playing against Sean, uh, first of all, Sean, um, what, what was your army list, um, and what did you think of my army in general? Did you fancy your chances? Um, when I saw the army list, I was thinking it'd be a close game. Your fight six from the elves kind of affects my army because I'm running uh, Azog's Legion. I've got Bolg on his wag. He's got two ogres, two warbats, three berserkers, uh, four orcs with shield, four orcs with shield spear, one with a banner. Uh, alongside that is a goblin mercenary captain with twelve goblins. Um, so I thought Bolg might be able to do some work, but the rest of it is all going to come down to dice rolls. <laughs> Yeah, and those warbats, I must say, I've never played them before, and there are no models for them, so you've got a, a nice proxy model from uh, Age of Sigma, and they're, they're, they're nasty. They've got the 12-inch move, they've got the two attacks, and they can do that random pluck, of, uh, pluck a random guy out and, and, and do some damage to them while they're flying over. So you were going for Michael Adrian Court, great idea. Managed to kill one or two, I think. Uh, no, just one. But either way, uh, really nasty stuff. And... Um, the scenario, um, so it's a nice variation of Caesar Prize, thematic and interesting for Scaring of the Shire, which is a Halloween-themed um, tournament. What did you think of the balance of the scenario, though? Because I must say, I thought the, uh, that you suffered quite badly because these guardians were wounding against your courage. Uh, yeah, because they're basically Army of the Dead models, the, cur- the Courage 3 of my evil army really did hamper me whereas you had a lot of elves that could go and fight them uh, keeping your Rohan away um, and the fact they moved before any heroics of course it meant on turn one Bolg of course got caught he killed one but then the next turn he got caught by it because he couldn't heroic move away 
Yeah, it's so it's an int- it's an interesting one. Yeah, he got caught. So it, I, and because I'm rolling for those dice, I got uh, they've got two attacks, Army of the Dead, basically, like kind of like heralds. But but I managed to take out Bog's warg just just with the with the Army of the Dead guy, which really helped me because if he, if he'd had that warg, it'd have been devastating. I think I'd ne- I'd never have survived this this game this long. Um, and also, it managed to take out an ogre as well. So, I mean, I, if it wasn't for those undead guys, I would be smashed, I think, in this game. Do you think? Uh, I think it would be a lot tighter, I think, with Bolg and the ogres being able to focus everything, as well as I got two of the berserkers caught a lot. Uh, having them all be able to hit your line, I think I would have been able to cripple one flank and Bolg would have been on his 10 kills and he probably would have been able to kill the guy with the objective. Because mm. uh, the turn that you got out of the forest, if Bolg was on his warg, he would have been able to heroic combat straight into him uh, and Fed and Naomir would have just been mere things in his way. Yeah, I mean, that, that really helped me as well. The, the fact that the objective, the prize, was in the forest. I've got woodland creatures, so I marched straight up. You hadn't got anything that could get into the forest at all, really. Um, so I got it on the first turn got d- dug it up started walking out so it was really advantageous for me straight away um, the game ended 4-4 draw um, because uh, the, the, the slight variation means that you get an, you get a VP for having killed more of these guardians these uh, army of the dead variants um, but it also meant that I got one less point for um, for having the uh, treasure in my own half. If, if Aemir had done some shonky stuff and managed to push himself over, to the, over the line, then um, it, might have, it would have made the difference I'd have won. But the game ended, um, and basically it was a four-wheel draw because you, you'd done some damage to those guys, mainly because I was throwing them at you, which I guess, although I think, oh, it was a massive downside for you that these Guardians were chopping, it, chopping you up, it gave you the victory in the end, or gave you the draw, I suppose. Uh, yeah, because of... Uh my army's basically strength four across the board and these guys are only d6 it meant that i was able to rack up that point and then at that point i realized because of where you had positioned the objective i was like if i can screen you with my goblins that were blocking you on a terrain piece if i can push bolg into theoden and kill him i can maybe just get the win if i can do that before i break Mm. and break you potentially um, but then because we both broke and I just managed to get into Bolg and he, on the last turn of the game, decided to wound you three times and cause Stairton to lose his last fate. I mean, that happens. That happens. You know, I, like, I knew when I'd ran out of might that I, was, I was, wasn't long for this world with and uh, trapped where he was. Uh, it just mattered who got priority, really. And, you know, that, that's just the way of it. But, uh, yeah, there, I, I made a little mistake. I could, rather than charging goblins, uh, AMR could have potentially let you run away because uh, I'd call a heroic... Uh, move to charge some goblins could have let you run away potentially I mean you might not have done but uh, then charged into a, a, a one of these army of the dead folk potentially bounced off him but it's all lots of potentialies to get that uh, that win in the end but it, 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 I, I felt like I did okay I fought it okay but I, I just think if, if this had been a straight fight you'd have had it so easily I just think you know you, you were killing so many more guys than I was and you know there, there, was a, there was a lot of stuff in your army that would have been horrible had there not been these army of the dead guys hovering around so I think a four four all draw is I think I've gotten off lightly actually <laughs> yeah I, th- I think it, it would have of course been a, a lot lot closer game but you've got the fight six uh, your red dice we need to get them tested yeah I know I had three or four I had three um, Gardel, uh, no just Galadrim archers fighting they were surrounded by goblins one had four or five goblins on him the other had two or three the other had two each, di- each time I rolled the dice six 
with the same dice, but then I failed to wound with that same dice, so I think it's okay, but I still got three, three sixes on those rolls. It was, uh, but either way, uh, Sean, it was a really great, really great game, and uh, great, to, uh, great to meet over the battle, t- uh, and we've spoken before and stuff, but never mess over the table, I don't think. So either way, great game, four yeah, roll draw. It was great fun, I hopefully play again soon. Yeah, good luck for the next day. I mean, that's three losses and a draw each. So. We're still going for the spoon, one of us will win it. One of us will take <laughs> it, we're in, in the running. There you go, Sean there, uh, Sean there from the Scaring of the Shire, uh, episode 14 of Entmoot. If you want to go back and have a listen, uh, feel free, feel free to find it. So I, th- I, th- I think it was great. Seven games in that episode, so it's quite a lot, uh, quite a lot of um, of content actually, or a longer one, um, and and great game against Sean. Um, I, I remember the warbats being particularly irritating, but I, I, anything that flies just. The cheap flying units are just really, really good value in this game, aren't they? Um, and uh, and I, th- I think for, since then, Sean has gone on to do very well at some um, big tournaments. Actually, um, uh, he, he did. I think he did really well in the the Throne of Schools in particular. Um, I, don't quote me on that, but I feel like he he was sort of top five or something like that. Uh, so uh, good on you, Sean. Um, uh, I hope you're uh, I hope you're doing well. I haven't spoken to you or seen you since uh, uh, the scaring of the Shire, but I'm sure our paths will cross once more. Now uh, we've got. Four more games to do, so let's crack on. Uh, we need to generate another episode of the Entmoot podcast uh, from which to delve into the archive. So uh, let's find uh, another episode using our random number generator. Beep boop, beep boop. Uh, ooh, we're on episode six this time. So episode six of the podcast, going back a bit further. This was, oh, this is a this is a lovely one. Uh, Middle Earth in Middle England. Now this, I believe, uh, was a, just a one day event. Um, a lovely little local tournament, um, which I really enjoyed going to. Um, and uh, I think it was just on one day. And um, I think we only played three games. So I'll just randomly generate the games from three. Uh, it wasn't a GBHL ev- uh, event. Uh, it was more of a community, local community event, which I loved going to. So I'll randomly generate a, a number of which game I played. Beep, boop, beep, boop. And it'll be the first game. Okay, so uh, let's uh, first, I'll, I'll just pause it a second and find out what my list was. And then we'll crack on from there. So uh, this was a, yeah, so a pause there. It would have sounded odd in the edit, but uh, will sound, it's very usual for me. Uh, so this was a great fun tournament. I, I remember it well now. I, I took Aragorn LSR um, and Four Long, the fat, uh, along to this tournament um, with mostly mounted folk, um, which is always good fun. So uh, game number one, I played uh, the delightful Sam Hoodie. So uh, let's delve into that game. Game number one, to the death, um, and uh, I'm playing a, well, a, a veteran of the game that I've played many times before. It's Sam Hoodie. Hello. Hey, hey, mate. You're right. Yeah, good. Thank you. So um, we've played before, and uh, so far, I think our, I've, you won I've managed twice to twice in doubles, and then you managed to beat me when Sauron like basically floored me. Yes, this was in the Battle of Unnumbered Tears in uh, the fourth episode of the podcast, or fifth, I can't remember which way around it was. Either way, uh, we meet again with To the Death, first round, um, with my Aragorn and Forlong list with lots of knights. First of all, what did you think when you saw the, my list over the table, and did you fancy your chances? I was a little bit nervous at first on the way here, because I remember you mentioned you had good team, and you also had cavalry, and I was thinking, oh, this is Rivendell Knights, I'm in... Mm. But then I saw his double Amoth Knights. I'm still a bit nervous because like, they're always quite difficult with their lances. And then you've got some like Citadel guards. You've got, um, you've got some Phantom Court guards. So you've got bodyguards, which can nullify my ring rates. But it worked out all right. Yeah, we'll go into that in a second. Just, re- re- just give us an idea of your list because you've gone with all mounted, all hero, all evil. Yeah, got, I just like, thought, what haven't I used in a while? I haven't used Sudan because I don't really have much of a red army. 
Amdara I really enjoy using, so I like to throw him in. And I thought, actually, the way this is working, let's try and make like a Council of Evil for Sauron. So, Witch King mounted with the crown and three might, three fates, 15 will, I think it was in the end. Um, Shadow Lord, who's there basically just to keep my horses alive from shooting on the approach, which really helped in that game. Um, Gothmog's there for his Master of Battle and also for his Hatred Man, which is also incredibly useful against this. Um, the Suodon's there for banner effects, which counts VPs and also just give me like some nice rerolls. And Ando's there for hero killing slash pinning down heroes. And it, I must say, it was it worked tremendously. Although I was very lucky, even though with the uh, the Pool of Shadow, I got a great roll to kill Suodon's horse in the first turn, which was awesome. Um, and two cheeky wounds as well, and a couple of cheeky wounds. But you, uh, I. I just completely forgot about Compel and I made a massive miscalculation in the second turn. I'd been calling Resolve with Aragorn, sitting back on the baseline with the uh, Bolt for hoping to get a few lucky shots like I did. Um, but I, I, I didn't call Resolve when the lines were about to clash because I wanted Aragorn to be able to do, do some moving. 13 inches away, so it's just out of range. They yeah. Safer well, time. I thought I want to do some moving just in case you, uh, you'd come forward and I can maybe pick someone off. But forgot, no resolve. You compelled a Knight of Minas Tirith out with the Shadow Lord and then proceeded to gang I think him. It was Gothmog and, uh, and the Witch King pounced on him. Yeah, and then from there it was heroic combat inevitably and pounced onto uh, yeah. Forlong. I called a heroic strike, which like, like put the red herring out there to make you think Aragorn's in danger. You called a heroic strike there and then pounced on Forlong and mugged him. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I couldn't do anything with Forlong either way, so I mean, I could have heroic strength, I think, but I don't think he even has strike, actually, thinking about it. If I have a look, uh, where is he? No, he doesn't even have strike, so I couldn't call anything with him. But anyway, um, you ganged up on Forlong and... I mean, I'll be honest, I, I do think you got a little lucky because you only oh, yeah, threw a I'm one or two, was it? That. Was it one or two guys into him in the end and you got a triple six to wound him? Yeah, and I was um, like, Gothmog ah. used a point of might, I think, to get rid of his horse. Yeah. And then Ando came out with triple six to wound. So that was that, really. So Forlong went down in the first turn and from there, it was an uphill battle because there was only one hero that you can um, compel and um, well, immobilise and things like that. that. I think I had a very unlucky turn where I lost a couple of horses and failed to wound anything and then didn't get the charge off the turn after and I thought I was in trouble. But then it suddenly spun around and I won every fight and killed like six guys or something. I, th- I think the crucial thing was you kept immobilising Aragorn. Aragorn didn't yeah. get a chance to... I don't think he killed anything in the game. He, didn't get to do he won a couple anything. of combats but he was just out... I mean you've got two ring waves. I kept calling heroic moves obviously but then you've got the master of the battle so, um, so you know a lot of them went to you. I won a lot of those, yeah. Yeah and then you had Shadow Lord sort of hovering around immobilising when you needed to. I lost my will fairly quickly and that was that really. It was... That I was, mean... That was it. I got a sap will off and got this six when like I think you chose to just try and chance it and yeah I got jammy yeah I mean I, I wasn't sure whether I could just I, I'd had three wills so I could have res- tried resisting with it all to resist that sap will and, and thought anyway. I could have spent it all doing it and then not then you could, yeah so it was a bit of a, a, a coin flip but I, it was a risk but then you know it was eventually going to happen if you keep immobilising me I was going to lose my will either way uh, Sam really well played you ended up winning 12-0 completely the last turn you managed to take out Aragorn um, after ganging up in with Amder Gothmog and the Witch King so um, did the work but um, Gothmog got like six wounds I think no yeah. five I think there was a lot of, there was yeah, a lot of wounds was a hatred of man yeah Filth. vicious rule and you didn't even call, need to call um, the time of the orcas come or anything like that so After, oh yeah I forgot because it benefits him but anyway either way Sam uh, brilliant game 12-0 um, you've smashed me so you're on to, on to the next uh, the re- for the rest of the tournament best of luck with oh, it I I'm sure I'm soaring far too high far too early and we'll crash out in the next run I'm sure we will we'll find out either way good game cheers mate 
So there you go. That was uh, uh, Sam Hoodie uh, speaking to me at the start of Middle Earth in Middle England, the tournament um, episode six of the Entmoot podcast. Uh, feel free to delve back into the archives if you so wish uh, to have a listen to that full tournament. We had some cool shonky special rules in that one where uh, I think good armies were allowed a, a hero that counted as a banner. Evil armies were allowed plus one courage, things like that. So, um, And it was really, really nice event. The uh, interview with the TO, uh, Tyso, uh, the Tyso family ran that um, event. Um, interview there was really nice because they have a lo- lovely ethos about their little community group there. So um, a shout out to all, the, all of you guys uh, in the middle of the Middle England group. Right, let's get another another uh, another one in. So we're getting towards the third, um, the, the fourth uh, one now, so we're, we're almost two-thirds of the way through. Let's find out with the random number generator uh, what uh, episode we're going to be doing and what the game will be. So we'll enter uh, 20 and 1 into the random number generator again to find out what the episode is. Uh, beep, boop, beep, boop. Oh, it's episode 19, so fairly recently. Let's have a look. Oh, episode 19. Exciting. Uh, This is the uh, slow grow finale uh, to uh, what I was uh, working on with my local tournament. Uh, local, sorry, local um, gaming group. So uh, this this was where I started off with 200 points in episode one of Slowgrow um, and building up a hobbity army. Uh, we're throwing in Dunedain and Halbarad and all these sorts of exciting goodness in um, throughout. So uh, let's find out which, uh, which game it's going to be. Uh, someone from my local scene is going to be showcased once more. Uh, who will it be? Uh, let's find out. It is going to be beep, boop, beep, boop. It's ep- uh, game number three. Ooh, I think that might be the final one. There weren't very many uh, games in this episode. We'll find out in a second who we're going to be talking to. And uh, bearing in mind the uh, points were all over the place with the uh, uh, slow grow leagues. So just the general gist, there's a lot of hobbits. Okay, so the final game of the Lord of the Imps slow grow league. It's been a long time coming, but it was a thousand points of hobbits. So it took... There was a fair amount of time to do it, but also playing against Matt, who in the first round uh, I played against 200 points worth of Urukai. Um, now, so just just first of all, can you remind us what was in that list, if you can remember, okay. uh, and then we can go to what you've added over the few weeks for the thousand points. So it started off as a single war band led by Lurts, and then the other 110 points were literally, I think, ten other guys, uh, two berserkers, and then a. Uh, a nice mix of pikes and shield, regular Uruk warriors. Um, <laughs> since that, I've added in, well, in this final one, I've added in uh, Uglug with a max warband. Lurtz has filled his warband up now banner, drum, extra bodies. Um, Uglug's in there, a few berserkers, and the uh, smattering of warriors. We've got Frasku with a uh, crossbow squad. I've got a regular captain, the unnamed. Um, with just a, a mix of regular warriors as well, and then I had a shaman um, who had a few warriors, and then between I think Vrasku and the captain, I had uh, six wall riders as well. Well, now that is that is an awful lot of Urukai uh, models because usually you sort of expect quite an elite army potentially with lots of uh, lots of berserkers and things like that, but you went with mostly Urukai pike blocks, things like that. Yeah, so. Um, I do have a I do have a troll who I like, but I've played a, a few games with him now, and I'm starting to come around with the uh, with many people's experience of without any might or stuff like that. He does kind of get bogged down, and 110 points is a lot when I can get 11 pikes, for example. So I was rocking 20 pikes in that list, um, which is uh, 
I like them. They're good. Uh, I see why people take them. And the, the crossbows were fine, but um, didn't do a great deal. But I, I, I laid down a lot of scenery. Uh, sort of, I think, helped me more uh, than Harry, but kind of... Uh, hindered shooting on both parts at times. So. Yeah, let, let, let's walk through the battle because um, it's uh, it wasn't uh, what I expected actually. For some reason, I thought it was contest of champions, so I was thinking, oh, okay, this is going to be awful. Um, and then it ended up as being heirlooms of ages past with uh, eighty eighty or so hobbits. Was it sixty one? Sixty one Urukai versus eighty two hobbits and Dunedain. And Dunedain, of course. Yeah, and and the what what I think really hampered me was the fact that I had quite a lot of war bands and so uh, including all the Dunedain who were on their own and then um, then Halbrad was on his own Fatty Bolger was on his own and Labelia who was on his own and then Frodo and uh, Pippin had much smaller warbands because I just don't have enough hobbits so I ended up being all over the board in in a sense although you were quite kind in, a, in some ways because you when you uh, when I rolled lots of threes you ended up putting a, quite a few on one side and um, so it, but there was a lot of terrain and there were a couple of objectives the second turn was a big turn. What happened? So, I th- yeah, I think it was the second turn. I, I uncovered the uh, the relic on my second attempt right up in the top corner. So, apart from a few outlying hobbits and Dunedain, um, we had very much lined up on me on the, the north and, I think it was west, maybe, north and west. Um, Harry was down on the, the south and east. So, mm. me finding it early on on my side, and especially in the more densely terrain um, part of the map, uh, it was more of a case of hobbits and Dunedain running at uh, crossbows, which um, Harry admitted in the game was uh, the opposite of what he was uh, trying to do. So that definitely swung it in my favour. And then I had, a, I had a strong flank on the north, so I was able to sweep some walls and uh, Uruks down the side. But yeah, if early doors, I said it was uh, it was mine to lose based on the positioning of where models came on and where I found the relic. Yeah, absolutely. Because I was I, I sort of castling up. I had Halbarad just hovering next to a, uh, one of the objectives on the other side of the board with most of my warbands of hobbits, you know, a good 40 or 50 hobbits on one side of the map, 10, 15 on the other with a couple of uh, Dunedain. But of course, it happened to land on the other side of the map with the crossbows. A crossbow gets it as well. So crossbow doesn't need to worry about being in combat. He's just firing shots. And I have to dodge everything on the way. So it just takes a long time for me to actually wheedle my way through. Not losing loads to crossbow fire because I was quite careful. But it took a lot of time, I think, was the main thing. So then it meant that... And by that time, you know, there was the odd combat here and there. And I lost a big bunch of hobbits over when... Uh, uh, was it... Which which warband was it? The captain and uh, the, the shaman on one side who were slowly churning through hobbits. So by the time I reached you, I, I was already worrying about breaking, even though I was, you know, probably, you'd probably killed 20 and I had 20 more to kill. But those hobbits go down pretty quick against Fight Force Strength 4 Uruks. They were, considering I had to get, like, by the end, the last two turns you were actually threatening and my relic holder was in combat. Mm. Uh, it, was a cl- it was a case of closing it out. So I guess actually my sort of hidden MVP warband in a way was the sort of, the unnamed captain and the shaman on the side with probably about 10, 15 uh, wolves and Nuruks because they swept through and killed about 20 militia. Mm. Um, and without and they, they wiped through most of that in a couple of turns. I think it was only Lobelia and a couple of extra hobbits. Lobelia was really holding on. Um, <laughs> but um, I think them sweeping through and taking about 15, 20 militia hobbits out on, and archers on the sides, uh, that helped close the game down by a 
uh, shorten it by a couple of turns, which probably, if it had went on longer, would have risked giving up the relic. Yeah, and, and I, I was faced with a decision because I, I was leaking sort of militia over in that corner. I wanted to send more over to the main battle where the objective was, but on the other hand, I didn't want to just move them over and have them slowly chase down anyway. So I kind of thought, well, if I get a few kills, if I hold them over in the one side, then I've got, still got a lot of numbers over this side of the battle. And as you say, uh, the, the guy with the objective ended up with uh, in a, ra- a few rounds of combat. There was a slow sort of progression of, uh, of Holefoot and some sheriffs, uh, a couple of heroes that were just kind of bumping against things too often to actually make any real gains but eventually they broke through if it wasn't for those bloody war riders who kept passing their uh, their test you know six hobbits around a war rider kill the rider and then the warg stays there and then i don't get to her so i have to fight it again so it kept that sort of thing kept happening it was slowly so i get but i got there in the end and it was it was basically it was down to a ranger versus uh, the guy with the objective and a pike behind him. So it was two on two, you had the banner, but it was pretty much even, and, and you ended up winning that one. Um, it would have been a draw if I'd have killed him and kept the banner in the very last turn, but as you say, it was yours to lose. I was down to uh, below 20, I was 19 or something like that at that point. So you'd killed 60 hobbits and rangers in that point. I'd lost my leader, Mary, quite early on. Um, I'd lost all of my uh, potential power of doing it. Halbrad, I made a big mistake. He was making it for a, what I thought was a... a game-winning move, uh, sneaking around the terrain, round, around the back. Um, but I hadn't worked out that if you just move one model, then it, it meant that you had three crossbows aiming at Halberad, who has one fate in his defence five. So it was a big mistake. Um, but generally, it was a cracking game. I mean, this was probably the longest game of Lord of the Rings I've ever played. It's 1,000 points, but we went till it finished at about three and a half, four hours. Yeah, it was getting on for that. I, a thousand, I think the... Uh the next largest game I played was uh, was an 800 points in the league, actually. Mm. Um, I think we had played a 700 point before against your Khazad Doom. Mm. Um, but yeah, so it was the biggest by a couple of hundred points. And like I said, I decided no troll, just get max bodies on there. And then it came up against a, what, a horde army. So yeah, it was a biggest game and we had sort of maxed out on models for our respective um, forces. So yeah, I mean... Would have definitely went to time in a tournament, but we uh, we stuck it out um, here to play the last few turns, and you know it was nice to get a foregone conclusion. Yeah, yeah, I think actually it was worth worth finishing to the end because it was uh, it was an interesting turn. If if we'd have finished ages ago, we wouldn't. I would have assumed I would never have had a chance to get there. Yeah. But actually, the fact that I did have that small chance of claiming a, a draw from the end made me think, oh, you know, this is well, and it made it quite a tense tense finale. So uh, a, a cracker of a game and a great way to finish the league. And now because uh, we play. Played in um, uh, twice in the league, very much right at the start and right at the end. I'm intrigued because y- you were very much a new player when you started this process, and mm. you, you basically only played a couple of games um, against me and a couple of the other people, I think. And um, a, how how has the league helped you develop your army? And b, has it convinced you to stick with uh, the system? Yeah, I mean, so I play a couple of other systems, and um, we we're chatting earlier actually, and sort of saying about. Uh, you know split time and how you but I definitely want to stick with Lord of the Rings I, I it was literally this time last year um, I was given a couple of demo games uh, I chose to play with Isengard and I was like yep I like them <laughs> I like them in the books and films uh, I'll, I'll play them on the tabletop too and um, yeah I, I've enjoyed the league and um, tried out a few different things and like I said it's it's one thing uh, I like the body you know I've Pikes, Berserkers learning how to use them in unison um, 
crossbows can be a mixed bag, but it's um I think the real learning curve is a uh, better use of my heroes mm. and and their might, but and when to go in combats as well. Yeah, I mean you you can really tell from the, the difference uh, considering the the way you played. You were really quite restrained with your use of might, which is a really difficult thing um, for someone new to the game. But as you say, you're not so new anymore. You've been playing for months now. But um, it, was, it was a cracking game, and I, I just finally because uh, it was one of those. Uh, those things that I, I thought, well, uh, I thought I could could potentially win this. I've got lots of models. I've got the chance, but but it just shows that you've come on so much that you're able to take a win. Considering the first time we played, it was kind of a whitewash, really, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, so it, it was quite a scale up from 200 points to a thousand. Um, but I, <laughs> my my loss in that first game uh, really stuck with me. Getting surrounded by a. Uh, Sheriffs and um, just getting clubbed to death uh, with my forces. So yeah, I mean, I, I I tried to use the terrain to my advantage and uh, stuck in big clumps and it's my big uh, heavy flanking manoeuvre as well yeah. to stop really just getting swarmed and a repeat on a larger scale. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and finally, and what about Saruman? Have you considered Saruman? Because I know you, you you seem to like the Uruks, but um, you know, in a big game like this, I was fully expecting to face up against Saruman, but clearly no, not for you. Uh, there was a couple of times where I was like, oh, choosing priority would be handy right now um but again it's another thing you know i'd, I'd be dropping like my 20 pikes for example um so he, he's a big points investment and like i said i'm still learning to use my heroes so learning an expensive wizard um like that as well it's uh, maybe not a first time use in a in a game i really wanted to win um, i think actually an early early doors it's probably best to learn how to use the troops and that seems to be what you're you're getting a hang of yeah. so matt well well done you're cracking victory 12-0 didn't even touch lurts really i had one chance to wound him but uh, you know so and you broke me you're 25% in me you ended the game with the the relic in your possession, and you've 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 done really well in the league. I think so. You're up in the top four or five. I think. Okay, brilliant. So. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Yeah, and uh, just one final comment. Then I'd say uh, one of the highlights was I think turn one or two. Poor Fatty Bolger on his own getting run down by a pack of wolves. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a great start for Fatty. Bless him. <laughs> no, no, that was a. Uh, I think that was the. The thing that started the war. <laughs> yeah, it, it really did. Four, uh, four hours ago seems like a long time, but Fatty did bite the dust pretty early on. So it's Matt there uh, taking on a thousand points worth of uh, of hobbits and, and coming out on top, of course. Um, so uh, there we go. Uh, well done to him again. Uh, and of course, uh, if you want to hear the full uh, slow grow, uh, that will be in episode 19. That was the, the second three uh, slow grow um, uh, uh, games, um, and there was a, a, a basically there was a a kind of a kind of commentary um, in the uh, later part of the the match, which I think I think went relatively well. Some people uh, commented and saying that they really liked the idea. So uh, check that out, episode nineteen. If you want to know more about the slow grow, uh, episode seven is where it began. So episode seven and nineteen. Um, so we, hey, you never know, we might get another one in a second. Uh, let's find out. Uh, by entering in the, uh, the the random number generator one more time. Bee boop, bee boop, bee boop. Uh, it is ep- Ooh, en- Entmoot episode number 16, War in Reading. Now, War in Reading was an interesting one. It's a low points tournament. I can't remember exactly the points. Uh, you'd have to check back into the podcast. But I remember taking Hobbits again. So we've got two games with Hobbits. That's cool. Um, and taking them there alongside their their trusty ally, Arathorn. And my logic was, I need someone who can uh, do some wounding. He can strike. He can uh, do wounds. That was the logic. Um, I don't know. I can't remember. Where, I don't think it really panned out in the end. Let's uh, randomly generate which game from the uh, podcast it's going to be. 
let's have a look. I think we had seven games in that one, so let's find out. Beep boop, beep boop. Ah, it's going to be a sixth game of the matchup. So uh, let's find out who I was playing against at War in Reading uh, for episode 16. So game number six of War in Reading and the scenario was to the death and I'm taking my Nazgul of Dol Guldur, which I thought, hey, this is going to be great because you can't really kill these guys. Uh, and, but then I come up against something similarly tough to kill. Uh, AJ... Tell us about your army. What have you got in the game? Well, this was inspired by you listening to your um, podcast. So I took Durin, um, 10 Kazakh Guard, a warrior with a banner, and that was my one warband. Then I took a dwarf king with six uh, dwarf warriors with bows and five dwarf warriors with shield. And uh, just just because you mentioned that you're inspired by my podcast, um, the the, the, the the other evil list was Sauron. Excellent, good choices. I really like this, and it's great that you've ins- uh, I've inspired you to take an army that has absolutely battered me in this game. And um, it well, it was horrendous you're because a victim of your own success. I am, you? Yeah, I'm a victim uh, indeed, and I now know how hard it is to wound dwarves. So j- let's just walk me through it. First of all. You'd never really encountered the Nazgul of Dol Guldur. You were Not a bit unsure of what Castellans did, did, did. Didn't know anything about what your army done. All I knew in the in the Hobbit film, where they just when you hit them, they die and they come back. That was it. I had no idea. I just took it as it came. So, once were you initially a bit apprehensive because of that? Yes, hundred yeah. percent. When you kept on telling me that they come back on a free, and um, they had like, was it twelve fate points? Some of uh, them? Yeah. So the the, the Castellans had twelve fate, and the other ones had two might. So yeah. So I thought, even though you had six or seven models on the board, I thought to myself, each one's got twelve wounds each. So that's like, oh, that's like twenty-four wounds. So I'm facing like a 20, uh, 24 and then models come back. It was like a 30, 40 point. Yeah, 30, forty point model army. Uh, it, it just, in, statistics in, was going in my mind. Yeah, in in the head, I suppose. I suppose the Castellans they've got twelve will each, which can use as fate. So that's kind of half a wound each. So yeah. I guess they're basically six wound models if you do the maths. Um, so yeah, that's eighteen, and then you've got the other guys that come back on most of the time. So yeah, I can see where you, where the maths. But crucially, it didn't quite work out of that, and it's largely because I'm wounding you on sixes, and you're not wounding me on sixes. You're wounding me on fours. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. So I just thought everything was going to be defence six. I mean, I played a game earlier, and I didn't know what the rules done about a dragon, and it just ripped me apart. I think it was in game three against David Palmer. Mm. David, David Palmer. So I didn't know what your stuff done, so I was really nervous. After the first say, third turn, when I realised, hang on a minute, you can't, you've got like, you know, rubber swords, they're not going to hurt me at all. So I thought I could get up here, and it was a literally, I mean, we timed out, and you had two models left, but literally, you was coming back, coming back, coming back. I think you only killed eight models all the time, and what really helped is that you only won three priorities all game. You might have won the first priority on the first Maybe. turn, so it been four, but you... But all the key priorities, I won. And I think in the last five minutes, you won two out of the last three priorities. Mm -hmm. And that was so vital that I could choose my fights. And especially with using half guard with the Kazakh guard, and they've got bodyguard, it means no courage test. So I could always get in there. 
Yeah, I, I think that's that's definitely where where you, you got the wins because you got all of those traps. And I was re reluctant to use my might because I wanted to use that to spend on the resurrection rolls, which worked to an extent. You know, they, they did last a long time. Although eventually, once they ran out of might, they did start dying. The Witch King had to uh, spend too early on because he rolled a one on things. But and um, yeah, you got the traps crucially. And so when you've got four four guys against me. You've got the four dice, I've only got two, so I'm relying on the fight value. And because you have a Dwarf King, fight six, Durin, fight six. And the you, banner. And the banner with the rerolls, you can guarantee you're winning a good few of those fights, and there's not many of them there. Yeah, but the thing is, I'm winning the fights, and I'm, and I'm trapping you, so I've got like eight dice to wound you. But it's not as crucial as when you're facing something else, because you're not killing the model. Mm. And it always comes back. I reckon when you was rolling the three plus to come back, you was failing maybe one and six. Yeah. yeah. So even though I was winning the fights, and which I knew I'd win, I was never. I was. I was. All, all these um, excessive wounds was making no difference. Was it a frustrating army to play against? Oh yeah. yeah. But then again, you look frustrated as well. And I'll be honest. I'm settling down now, but I, I was. Screaming, not screaming. I, I was getting a bit salty because I was getting very frustrated with the um, just the lack of priority rolls, and and I feel like, um, and I think this is something we touched on before in, in games that when when things spiral out of control early on, um, and you lose a few priorities or something, and then it, it becomes a mental block, and suddenly you're going, I'm losing this priority, I'm losing this priority, I'm losing this one, and then it's like, oh, I can't do anything, I'm yeah. losing everything. I mean, that happened to me in my um, third game yesterday. Um, I was losing and I knew I was going to lose and I, but I, I've got because I've been playing war games for a long time not this, this not Lord of the Rings I get to the mentality of well let's try and just score a point let's just get anything and that was my that's my general attitude I might be salty I might but I'll just keep it inside and just, I'll just get that point I'm not going to deny you the massacre do you? I do. I do. T I apologise if I was being salty. You I try. I try. You was not. Honestly, you weren't. Oh, okay, good. Well, that's a, that's a relief. I was trying to get a kill point somewhere, a victory point of in any kind, and I kept charging the Slayer of Men, the burly one, um, into Durin, or leaving you to charge him usually, um, in the hope that I might get lucky and get that one wound, and that might help. But you very cleverly protected your banner throughout the game. Um, I didn't have a banner, so I was always going to be down by two points anyway. But. I told you this early on, you're going to be down by, I'm going to be down by two points. And you're like, right, okay. And then you blocked him off with like at least five guys every single turn. You did it really well. Yeah, well, this is my, I think, my second weekend tournament. I've only played um, a couple of games at I Buy War Games, little one-day tournaments so that shop's closed down now. And so I didn't really know a lot of the rules of this weekend. It's all about a learning curve. I mean, I'm happy with four wins over the weekend. I'm delighted with that. But I thought, as soon as you're telling me a little bit of runes like, oh, your banner's two points up, I thought, well, in my mind, didn't know what your army could do. I thought, well, if I kept my banner alive, I'm going to get two points. So I'm not going to lose by a lot. I was playing like damage, damage limitations until right. I could find out what your army done. And then, like, you know, yeah. That's a very, very clever way of playing it. And, and I think anyone who asks for advice of, um, experienced players that is exactly the sort of advice that I would try and give them damage limitation and playing for the scenario and it's it's so simple but it's like it's, some, it's very easy when you're playing a new game you want to get stuck in you want to kill stuff you want to have fun and that's great but if you want to win some games doing things like damage limitation is so important yeah well I play a lot of different games game systems like Malifaux is my top number one game but what I love about this is scenario based mm. I love the scenario based and it's, it, and I just 
I use it like a tick board. I just go through and think, right, if I kill the leader, if I get one wound, if I keep him alive, and you're just doing map hammering your heads all, all the time. And, and that's why I, I, my, I had a chance um, during charge the Witch King, um, and it was pretty much just during against the Witch King for one turn, or maybe maybe one Dwarf Archer or something like that. And I struck up that one turn in the hope that you would strike as well to take away your resources, and you didn't really care. You were like, nah, not going to bother. And I was thinking, damn, that's my one chance to get, get some might out of you and maybe give myself an advantage later on in the game. And it bit me on the arse later on because I had to spend two points on a resurrection roll, and I also I spaffed the... Um, the, the strike and I got a roll of a one on the strike so I didn't even get fight seven so um, and that was my only chance really of thinking right okay this is where I'm going to get the kill and um, uh, the, the point for wounding you but just didn't get it I wasn't going to get it anyway so I thought if I dip dip into two uh, a couple of points of might to strike and then to wound Durin I can run away with the Witch King I can get rid of him but I just never got a chance to do that after that. I think it's because of the priority rolls. If it wasn't for the priority rolls, you would have got away. And um, I think I burned up two points of might on Durin at one point just to just to just to tie you down, just to get the wound to. to I think it was no, it was the win. It was the win the duel roll because I fell with the reroll, then fell with, fell with the banner. I don't think I killed him that turn. No, that was a Slayer of Men. But yes, you did. You you took him down because that was another chance for me to potentially win. I got a six. You got a four. You mighted up. You win. Yeah, yeah. So I was just, I was just burning. I was always going to keep one might back with Durin all through the game, just in case it was crucial to win that role. And and to anyone who listens to the Green Dragon podcast, might resources, resources is all about it. And you had, you had, you kept your uh, might very, very reserved, and you played that really well because, I mean, to be fair, you might, if we, if I'd have won a few more priorities, maybe you'd have spent a few more might on th- uh, priority roles. But hey, it didn't work out like that, and you played it perfectly you played for every single objective and uh, and you smashed me 12 nil in the end and not nobody has killed as many of these you quartered my army which is very difficult to do with the nazgul of dol Golder army so very well done aj well done thank you very much so there you go uh, that was episode uh, 16 16 um and game number five in it and i'd forgotten it was a good versus evil tournament but of course it was uh, taking the nazgul of dol Gilder with uh, a smattering i think it was three uh, castellans as well uh, so that's really cool uh, that was uh, that went uh, slightly badly uh, it's fair to say that one um as i think so far most of the games of the podcast have i'll have to have a tally up at the end uh, to see how well i'd have ranked in this tournament of random nature uh, okay so let's find out uh, the final game of this tournament uh, the, uh, this virtual tournament i'm playing uh, uh, delving into the enemy archives so let's uh, go through the uh, random number generator one more time beep boop beep beep boop beep boop beep 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 boop 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 beep 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 boop beep boop beep boop beep 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 boop boop. It's taking a bit of time this time. Beep boop. Oh, it's because it's delving right into the archives. It's gone back right to episode one. That is cool. So this was into the Wilderland episode one, and I took Sauron, a Witch King on Fell Beast, and a Ringwraith on Fell Beast, and that is it. I believe it was seven hundred and fifty points or something like that. Let's find out um, which game I was playing, uh, which game I uh, will be finding out. So let's see. It's between one and six, I think. We'll do that anyway. Let's generate. Beep boop beep, and it's three. Game number three. Okay, let's find out who I was playing against and how I fared. 
So, massive, massive matchup there. Um, Sauron and the two ring rates against, um, against Thorin's company. Uh, Scott, and first of all, just, just I guess, just your instant reactions to the matchup. What, what did you think when you first saw Sauron and the two ring rates on the table? Uh, well, I'm quite exhausted now after, after, after that, but uh, I, was, I was quite worried. I knew it was going to be a war of attrition, really. Mm. Um, I had 20-odd might. So it's just a case of kind of kind of keep enough models on the board while whittling down your will mm. and hope the uh, flappy things flap away. Um, <laughs> and, and actually, I was the same because you have I think exactly three times more will uh, sorry might than me. Um, I was more worried about making you break um, before I uh, before you with the hold ground we were on. So it was oh I, I was just getting very nervous about the hold hold ground because if I killed you too quickly, you just insta win. Yes. But, yeah. Uh, as it turned out, you did win, <laughs> but it was it took a lot longer than we expected. Yeah, but it did actually end on the first first turn after mm. breaking, which was uh, fortunate for me. I think you were you were very unlucky with some wound rolls with Sauron. You but then a lot of a lot of the dual rolls and the priority rolls went my way. To be fair. Yeah, yeah. It was, I think it probably evened out in the end. Your uh, your combat rolls were you should have killed a lot more a lot quicker. Mm. But uh, I just just managed to keep enough dwarfs alive in the middle. Yeah. Just, just to take them to now a victory, but it was a, a yeah. great game. It was, it was fantastic. Just, it was so nail biting because every single move, because there were so few models, but they were so important. It was really, really important where they ended up going, and, and just the movements and the amount of time we spent on the mites and the strikes and deciding which model to uh, uh, transfix, for example, and which model to charge and things like that. It was, it was a nail biter. Yeah, it was a great. Uh, great tactical game I'm not used to playing with so few models so it's, uh, it's a certainly a learning curve for, curve for me and uh, uh, probably made a few mistakes but uh, yeah I think we I think both did but uh, did you have any tactics that you had in mind going into it or were you just going to go straight for it and charge to the whole uh, ground centre I thought it was get, get to the middle um, and then just try and keep one dwarf in combat with um, the ring wraiths each turn to try and whittle down your mm. your will um, try and get the ones with heroic defence in there so that hopefully they could last a couple of rounds so uh, hopefully take two or three will off you without um, charging everybody in at once and to be fair that worked because the first ring wraith did, did go down because of the will I mean I might have spent a little bit too much on the magic early on but, um, but I think he, he went down quite quickly and then it was just hanging on for the Witch King but yeah it was, yeah. It was a really good matchup so, so that puts you on a win and a uh, uh, what, what does it put you on now? Two wins and one loss now Two wins and one loss that's, yeah. that's awesome so what are you hoping to face up against with Thorin's company or you've also brought Hunters uh, Azog's uh, Hunters Azog's Hunters as well so I'm one of the few people that bought two, two armies I thought I'd go for the uh, theme of Azog's Hunters uh, chasing down Thorin's company mm. um, this was the first game with Thorin's company um, and I'd like uh, I'd, I'd like to play a bit more with Thorin's company tomorrow. <laughs> It'd be nice to come up against a normal evil army for you, I suppose, or something like a Moranan army, because then you can you've got the overwhelming heroes to chop chop through things. Yeah, yeah, and 13 is not actually a low low model mm. count. So mm. uh, if you come across an army of uh, of 40, 40 or so, you yeah. uh, you know it's a it's a normal army count. And Absolutely. Yeah, I'm only got to take take three out for each each one of mine. So yeah, it'd be nice to play with a bit of Thorin's company tomorrow. But, I'm not holding out any uh, great hopes of a high finish. Well, there you go. Well, thanks very much, Scott, for the game. It's brilliant. Great. Cheers. Pleasure. Cheers. Lovely.
So there you go, real nail-biter from uh, episode one uh, against Thorin's company. Sauron Ringwraiths against uh, Thorin's company. Awesome, in hold ground. Um, great fun, great fun uh, back in episode one, which is over a year ago now. It's strange to think it was all that time ago uh, that I went into the Wilderland and started this podcast up. Uh, so it's been it's been great fun delving into the archives. I hope you've enjoyed uh, listening to this random uh, assortment of, um, of, of games from the archives. Uh, it's taken a bit longer to do, just because I have to find uh, things to edit and uh, get get the actual old audio out and all that sort of stuff. But I hope it's worth it. Um, I mean, you can actually just go back and listen to all these episodes if you really want to. But uh, presenting uh, bits of audio in different ways is always uh, makes it uh, worth it. Um, but also, it can feel a little bit like one of those old episodes of Friends or something like that, where you, you go, "Oh, it's a new episode of Friends," and then and then they go, "Nah, it's just uh, where we do all the highlights of Monica's uh, jokes and stuff like that," uh, which is it's always like, ugh bit disappointing but uh, i hope uh, you understand the the reasons for it and at least it's summing summing in it so uh, that's all good uh, but either way um thank you very much to all of those people i played uh, throughout the episode even though i already thanked them once and it was probably a long time ago so much appreciated but did i win did i win did i win this tournament I think not. I think it's safe to say I did not. Um, I got some wins in there, but hey, uh, you can't win them all, and neither have I ever. So uh, it's true to form. I probably ended up uh, at the bottom of the the tournament in this digital uh, random uh, tournament. I'll put the number generator away for another day, I think. So there we go. That's the battles. That's the uh, the Entmoot tournament travels, um, which just leaves one more thing left for this podcast, and that is a return uh, to a Lord of the Imps. Now, uh, last year um, in October, I had the very first Lord of the Imps tournament. Um, it was very exciting. I had lots of people come to Lincoln. Um, I think it was somewhere 32, 33, something like that in the end, which is fantastic for a very uh, for a, a first tournament um, for me to be running. Um, I was a bit overwhelmed a little bit at times uh, just thinking how many uh, how many people were were there and how many you know the reliance on the hope, hoping that people enjoyed it and all this sort of stuff and um, but it went really well uh, everyone uh, appeared to have a great time uh, people seemed to enjoy it um, I remember I did some sort of feedback form afterwards and people generally enjoyed it so that's great um, so with that in mind um, it's time to announce Lord of the Imps uh, the sequel The Two Powers See what I did there? Lord of the Imps, two ta- two powers, two... Yeah. Anyway, so uh, the event pack will be going up uh, on the GBHL soon. Uh, well, it should be on by the time uh, I've put this episode out. And um, the, uh, the basically the general gist of, of this is the same as last year. Um, but with some extra stuff. Um, you know, you, you wouldn't go and see the, the sequel to a, to a film like Lord of the Rings if you didn't know it was going to get bigger and better in the second one, uh, in the two powers. So that's what I'm doing. So general gist is, uh, here are the the headlines. 800 points uh, tournament. Um, It's worth 80 points in the Great British Hobbit League. It's set in uh, Lincoln uh, in the UK on October the 10th and 11th in 2020. Uh, Coronavirus pending, of course, but I'm hoping and I'm sure by then... uh, this will be okay, I'd have thought. Um, it's at Imps Gaming, my local gaming venue, which you've heard about in The Lord of the Imps uh, a couple of times now. Uh, be 30 quid, um, which uh, includes lunch on both days. Um, but there will be early bird tickets, which will be available until 
um, sometime in May um, for uh, just uh, £25. So, so that's good. And this time it's going to be slightly different. There are 20 tickets available for good players and 20 tickets available for evil players. So uh, if which I imagine will probably happen. The good armies, uh, good tickets sell out first. I'm afraid you're going to have to bring some evil because otherwise it'll screw everything up. Um, I'm hoping that we sell out or at least get an even number, but I'm sure we can work it out in some way. Uh, if not, um, I'm, I'm just relying on the fact that people are, are pretty much half and half usually. So um, I'll obviously be putting reminders up on the Facebook page saying, um, can someone please um, come as a good army? Or I might get you to swap if you're interested. Um, either way, so that's the the aim. So we'll do all that and there'll be loads of prizes and it'll be all really cool like last time. Um, let's delve into uh, some of the, the, the tweaks I'm going to be doing. So um, as with last time in The Lord of the Imps, um, you will be bringing one army of 800 points, um, which will have to be painted three colours and based course you'll be playing six games um and you'll be bringing an army either good or evil and you choose an army leader in the normal way um and then you must also choose a lieutenant for your army so it's a little bit like um a little bit like last year we're going to be doing the the this cool uh, cool idea that on day two uh, things change um so you need to do two army lists um um, but basically, you need to uh, bring one army led by your uh, your leader uh, in the normal way, and then on the day two, uh, you lose uh, your leader, and you have to replace uh, replace your leader's warband with uh, the equivalent number of points worth of other stuff, and then your lieutenant automatically becomes the army's leader. So, say for example, uh, using an example in this list, uh, this episode, uh, you have Sauron on day one, and then uh, you day two you lose Sauron, but you have to have your lieutenant, who will probably be the Witch King. Um, who has to be the highest tier thing so he becomes your lieutenant and you have to find 400 points worth of other stuff to slot into uh, either warbands or, or whatever else so that's the general idea um, it was great fun last year people uh, were a bit confused at first but I think once once we got used to it it all worked out really well so that's what it is um, uh, obviously uh, read the event pack if you want a bit more detail or uh, especially on the idea uh, of that but last year it went really well so um now this year two powers are rising and their victory is at hand uh, is the um, is the general gist so over the course of seven days you'll be playing games you'll be playing against the opposing faction in the hope of proving which of the two powers is supreme good or evil we want to find out i want to find out is good actually better than evil in uh, in the game is it balanced um, people have long said that uh, it's slightly imbalanced. Um, you know that, that the good armies are generally better. Um, you know that the evil just suffers. In fact, we heard in this uh, in in one of the episodes uh, featured in this podcast. I remember speaking at length to Jason Mountain about uh, about how much better good is. Uh, than evil um things have changed since then to be fair but uh, you know there's, there's definitely a prevalent, prevalent opinion of that so with that in mind we're going to add uh, side them up see what happens 20 players on each side hopefully uh, if we get a few extra people or at least an even number at least um to see what will happen will good win or will evil win to uh, encourage people to cheer each other on we're going to have some special rules we're going to have uh, some special rules depending on what table you're playing on and how well the uh, good or evil side did on it in the previous game the first one will just randomly roll um or no one will get any um, special bonuses let's do that we'll do nobody gets any special bonuses 
So um, basically, if you're playing on a table where the good side won in the previous game, you get these bonuses um, if you're a good army. Um, so depending on where you are. So in Eriador, your army will get re-rolls of one for fate rolls. If you're uh, so we've got the Shire and things like that. I think it's the Shire anyway. Anyway, something like that. Um, you get to reroll ones for fate rolls, which is quite nice because uh, then you don't have to spend all your might on that fate roll. Um, if you're and there's going to be loads of different uh, different sort of terrain, so it's all cool. Um, Rohan, your hero's mounts gain a five plus fate save, taken after any other saves. Um, so that's quite cool. So um, you know if you've got a, like a, 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 a hero on a mount you might might just be able to save it that's really cool if you're in Rohan in Ravanian uh, your leader becomes fearless in Mordor your heroes gain the terror special rule uh, in Haradwaif your heroes weapons gain poisoned weapons rules which is pretty powerful that's a really good one and in Gondor any banner effect is increased by three inches so there's some good special rules there which encourages people to cheer on and help their side that's the main reason behind this I really want people to you know take people under their wing and say all right you're playing good but you're new um here's some tips because I know it's going to help me uh, if uh, if if you win against the, the evil side so that's the idea want to get uh, build up some camaraderie so that's that's going to be the idea it should be a lot of fun i'm hoping anyway and um, scenarios included will uh, be domination to the death um contest of champions uh, seize the imp and the imp's curse um also uh, assassination and uh two uh from pool four or five so randomly decided on the day, which is which is quite exciting. Pool four or five scenario in the match play uh, guide. Um, so uh, the thought behind this is that you bring a ba- army balance because one of them is the manoeuvring pool and the other is the uh, kill the enemy, kill hero kind of uh, pool. So so hopefully you're not just going to know. Oh well, look, we've got definitely going to have contests of champions. So uh, let's just uh, and uh, let's just you know bring uh, bring a big big killy guys because i know that there's going to be that so that's the fun uh we've got two um uh, random uh, uh, scenarios some uh, sort of variants seize the imp which is a variation of seize the prize um rather than build, digging up a prize you have a character you have to dig up um or wake up and the character can move around and you have to fight it and stuff like that basically the idea is just add a bit of randomness uh into seize the imp you can find all the information on the um event page and the imp's curse, which is basically a little bit like the double scenario, no escape, uh, from the match play guide. Um, so it, it's it's quite a bit of fun. Uh, basically, your um, lieutenant and is, uh, your general is kind of cut off by the rest of the army. So this would be good fun. So um, that's that's the tournament, and it really went well last time. Um, and I'm hoping that adding some of the things that I've added, the, the good versus evil nature of it, um, just a few different bits and bobs might make it just that little bit more exciting um, if you're if you're heading down. So it'll be seven games, 800 points, um, lots of time, lots of, uh, lots of fun, um, and of course some beers and a quiz. Uh, the, uh, the, the patent, patent pending um, quiz of, of, of SBG Bingo on uh, Saturday night, which um, after playing last time is going to be much improved. So um, that's the game. That's the tournament. 
that's pretty much the podcast i suppose and um, i hope you enjoyed this uh, slightly different one um i've recorded it all from my home um, but hopefully it gives the sense that you are out and about uh, and many people won't have listened to any of the old pod, uh, podcasts for a while um uh, if not at all uh, so it'll be great to, uh, hopefully that that kind of transported you somewhere away and gave you the sense that events are still happening because they will happen they will happen again um it'll be a few months uh, maybe maybe a f- two or three months but i'm hoping that it'll all happen again you never know by time by the time of ardacon uh, we might even be able to, to to play again um of course august is a long way off but then yeah who knows who knows in the world at the moment uh, we just don't know but fingers crossed um i think by october we should be okay so um, at least we can look forward to lord of the imps and uh, some of the other events in october so that's very much it for today thank you very much for listening don't forget to wash your hands and boo our room. Mm-hmm.